Prepare to spend some time in a confined space with people that want to kill you. We're reviewing Dread and Cube on episode 60 of Have You Seen? Hello once again, friends from the internet, and welcome to the uh, podcast Submersible. Mm-hmm. One more time, uh, which is an infinitely nicer space than the Cube or uh, <laughs> or uh, Peach Trees. Yeah. Um, I'm Kieran Lefort with no funny nicknames, and that's Tom Webb, who also has no funny nicknames. No. Hello. Uh, and we've made it as far as episode 60, so Hooray. yay us. Um, what are we going to do first? I think we should start with Dread first. Let's start with Dread. Uh, shall I recap? Yeah, please do. Okie dokie. Uh, Dread is the second attempt at putting the 2000 AD comic Judge Dread onto film after the roundly um, critically mauled Judge Dread starring Sylvester Stallone in 1995. Yep. Which uh, I think both of us can attest to is a festering bollock of a movie. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> um, it's so bad. Uh, the plot of this one is, uh, as with previous Judge Dreads and with all Judge Dreads, it takes place in Mega City 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a giant sprawling metropolis uh, yeah. covering most of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dread is kind of like top judge, if you like. He's the he's the one with the rep in the city, yeah, uh, the most feared. Uh, and he's tasked uh, on this particular day with taking a special new psychic rookie out on her assessment day. Yeah, uh, they get trapped inside a mega block run by Mama, who is the city's biggest crime boss. Uh, when it gets, she initiates a lockdown mm-hmm. to trap them, uh, and. Uh, there's no rescue, there's no backup coming, and they take it upon themselves to bring Mama to justice uh, and uh, try and fight their way out. Yeah. That's the that's the basic basic plot of Dread. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned last week that Mama peddles a drug called slow-mo, which yes. uh, uh, makes the brain perceive time as passing at 1% of normal speed and also yeah. makes everything look sparkly and lovely. And when someone's yeah. on slow-mo in a scene, you get this beautiful... Um, slow motion cinematography with added digital sparkles. Yeah. Because uh, we talked last week about slow motion being used in and out of context. And this is a great absolutely. example of that kind of trick photography being used in context really well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've seen this twice. Uh-huh. Uh, I pitched it to Tom and uh, we'll see what he thought. Yeah, cool. I, I did really enjoy it, actually. Um, there was one thing that I wasn't so keen on. Okay. Uh, and that was the psychic psychic. Okay. Because I felt the psychic side of things made things a little bit easy in places. It just kind of seemed like a, a device to to just kind of get things moving and keep things going. There, yeah. there are some points where you can see it's necessary, but then there are other points where it was just kind of felt like, oh, they, they've just used that to kind of get themselves out of a corner or, I don't know, okay. it didn't quite sit properly for me. And again, there were a couple of instances was, well, why didn't she see that coming? So it was kind of like, it, it didn't feel quite consistent for mm. me. I get uh, the feel that with the, why did you see that coming? I don't think it's an always on thing. She has to tune into it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I just... And I, I imagine just, it's, it must be quite draining to be constantly tuned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. There wasn't, maybe there just wasn't quite enough explanation of it and okay. how it, how she did it or how it came about and I know there's kind of a bit of a backstory about where she comes from and the fact that there's a lot of radiation that kind of thing well, she's she is, like she's, a mutant she's the first look at what the the universe calls muties who yeah. are kind of and she's the least objectionable example I think yeah right um uh, and I think this is these are think this was originally this is planned was planned to be a trilogy right and lack of box office has killed that stone dead so really? I think that would have been it would have been explored more fine in okay. the next That's two fair films enough. Um, but apart from that I really really enjoyed it mm. um, it it's interesting it reminded me of um, 
when uh, if you hear any extra voices, there are loud people outside the submersible. Yeah, they must be um, floating around with oxygen tanks on. Scooby. Yeah. Uh, there are people coming into the submersible. This is interesting. Yeah. We're in the middle of a recording. Hello. And they're sneaking away again. Wasn't that a fun little interruption? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? We must seal that hatch better. Yeah, we do we need to, don't we? Um, what was I saying? I can't remember now. I've completely lost my thread. Been oh, I can't rewind while Absolutely. we're recording. I know, I know. It's okay, really well, t- okay, going going to stuff you liked. Okay, um, yeah, that's what I was going to do anyway, wasn't it? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Right, so um, I, I remember we shot an interview with the director of uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Okay. And... He was talking about. I remember the interviews we did with the star of Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, that absolutely. Was a fun day. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember him talking about these kind of late seventies, early to mid eighties, action thriller horror movies hmm. that were very gritty but really colourful. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I think the one that really sticks in my mind is uh, Manhunter. Uh, right. Which was the original kind of the take on, uh, yeah, yeah. Ba- basically the first take on Silence of the Lambs, yeah. Um, and it's got that, it's got that thing where it's very kind of like neon looking, but very grimy at the same time. It's so like it's a kind man, of, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. yeah and it's, and it's, it's so it's neon, really neon and neon and gritty is kind yeah. of this thing. So it's very brightly coloured, but it's mm. really dingy at the same time, yeah. which seems like a like you shouldn't be able to fuse the two things together. Yeah, I think I mentioned this last week. Exactly, this has yeah. that same kind of look. Yeah, it? absolutely. And that so th- this is really kind of colourful, mm. but really dingy and yeah. horrible at the and same still, time. This is a nasty world. Yeah, and it, and again, the the level of violence also kind of harks mm. back to those. I mean, it is pretty violent. Mm. We did say it earns its 18th certificate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and I like the fact that they had the balls to do that. Mm. Um, you know that they just kind of were like, "Well, no, let's not water it down to get the right certification. Let's mm. let's just do what this movie should be." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they they kind of deserve a lot of credit for that. Mm. Um, and I, again, I mean, I really did really like the cinematography. Mm. Um, it was just perfect for it i think we said last week that it's shot by anthony dodd mantle who's yeah. the who uh won an oscar for slumdog millionaire yeah and he uh, he's uh, you know having seen uh some interview footage with him and about him he's very like he he's not one of these cinematographers that's very stuffy about lenses and and mm. uh film and all this kind of stuff he he will just grab whatever he can and mm. really push the boundaries of mm. what you know what he can do. I think on Slumdog, he got these tiny, uh, c- tiny digital cameras that uh, you can, you know, you can hold with a handle, mm. uh, and there's no record mechanism in them at all. They're just cameras, mm. and then a cable running up his arm into the backpack with a MacBook in it that had like Final Cut on it, capturing. Wow! And he was running through the streets of Mumbai with one of those mm. and that was that was how they were filming that movie mm. uh, that's I don't know if you remember the shots of that where the kids are running and it's all quite low angle mm. and he, that's just him running backwards in front of them nice. I can't remember what those little cameras are called but they're, yeah. they're quite impressive well, one of the I know one of the tricks they used on this and this is going to get slightly nerdy yeah. nerdy is they uh, shot at 4k resolution right. but mastered at either 2k or 1080p but it's not a tremendous amount of size difference between them yeah so essentially to explain that in layman's terms um uh, go look at your tv that's probably a 1080p tv yeah now imagine a frame four times that size yeah that's 4k so you shoot everything at that you do your work you do your yeah. takes at that you know, nice big wide shots which mm-hmm. means 
when you want to ha- show a wide shot in your finished production, all you do is scale that down. Yeah. However, if you want uh, if you want a close up out of that wide shot, you can just punch into the yeah and scale it up. Punch it. Well, yeah. not, not even, even that. Even scale it up, just, but just yeah, you just into punch the... into that, and you don't lose any resolution. Yeah. Uh, I remember Carl Urban was uh, was told us about that when he when, right, when right, we right. met him for the film. Yeah. Um, and that's a really that's a really clever way of kind of like saving money mm. and saving time. Um, but not having to have your actors do the same performance over and over and over again, yeah. you get twice as much in half the time. And I think that's a really clever technique to use. Yeah, yeah, I think it worked. Uh, it seems if I can find to... some sort of diagram to explain that better than I did, then yeah, I've seen know, I've but... seen ones on the, online, so there's definitely ones to, yeah, yeah. to show that. Um, now, the one thing that I did that you didn't in this movie is I watched it in 3D. I was just about to mention this. Yes, and um, it's really, really good, and they use it in a very interesting way. Mm-hmm. But I think they slightly missed a trick. In that um, the 3D is present all of the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it tends to be more ramped up a bit in the uh, action sequences, mm-hmm. and in some of the there are a lot, there are a few sequences where people are kind of creeping around, you know, people avoiding other people and people hunting other people, mm-hmm. and so there's some really nice use of depth there. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you've got someone right in the foreground and someone way in the background and there's loads of space between them and it really feels like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the trick I think they missed is they should have really pushed it when you go into the slow-mo. Oh, does it not? Because that's kind it, of, I assume, what they do. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of the same. Okay. And I and I kind of thought, you know, you're already adding all those other effects. You could have just pulled, the, pulled it out a bit more and maybe done something interesting with that. Mm. But having said that, one of the best shots in the movie is uh, right near the beginning, uh, Mama does a kind of... Uh, a, 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 she kills a few guys to kind of make a point to the mm. rest of her drug mm. dealers. And the f- the final shot of the murder, effectively, is a point-of-view shot of one of the guys, and you see a canister of slow-mo come in and puff into his mouth. That's right. Yeah, because slow-mo is administered by... Like, like okay. a ventilin inhaler, isn't yeah, it? Like like a, yeah, like asthma. You know, and, and then that's dropped over the balcony, mm. and then... The point of view starts to follow it as he gets mm. pushed over. That in 3D is really freaky because the the vertigo you get as you go wow. over the edge is just insane because that's, that's really ramped out. Mm. Um, and that's a really cool shot. And I think that this movie is absolutely perfect for 3D. It's, it's exactly the sort of thing that you need cool. to, to use it for. Um, interestingly, though, I watched it with my wife. Mm. She didn't like it because mm. she felt it was too much like a video game. That's interesting because I read some reviews on Amazon, yeah. and somebody, uh, one of them was uh, uh, said they would rather rewatch the Stallone Dread film. Yeah, this felt less like a comic book movie and more like watching someone playing Call of Duty. Yeah, that's what she felt. She felt it was just like watching someone play a video game, and she didn't find the character engaging enough to get sucked in. Mm. Um, whereas I, I mean, I liked. I thought Carl Urban was fantastic, and, I, and you mentioned last week he does not take that helmet off for no, a second. And no. I think that's such a brave thing to do. Mm. You know, when as an actor, the primary communication tool is the face. Yeah, uh, to kind of mask all of that and just and use his chin left with like one fifth of your face. Yeah, to do it. yeah. He does. Uh, he does some fine chin acting, and I he mentioned does, last yeah. week like the very dark, deadpan, understated humour. Yeah, yeah. The bit very I really much like so. is when the two little kids try and hold him up. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, freeze, and he just goes. Why? Why? Yeah, and there's what um, after Anderson gets um, gets kidnapped and taken away. There's yeah. this big pushing shot on him, and it stops, and he just goes, hmm. "Yeah." And that when I saw that in cinema, that got a massive laugh. Yeah, because it's that it communicates everything. Like, oh shit! Now I've got to go and rescue her as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
one of the real kind of high points of the movie is the Gatling gun sequence. Again, it looks fantastic a, in 3D. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought, because I, I think I'd seen like maybe a couple of shots from that sequence in a trailer or in a clip or something. Mm. And I was expecting someone to go into slow-mo during that because I mm. thought that would look amazing. And what I really liked was the fact that they didn't do that. No. So they really stuck to that gimmick. Mm. And of, it's, it's relentless, isn't it? Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that seems like, just goes on for like 30, 45 seconds of constant shooting. Yeah, yeah. And and it was kind of like, wow, they could they could have uh, you know come up with some really beautiful shots if one of the characters had gone into slow mo. Mm. But the trouble is, there was no need for them to, no. so they didn't. No. And I think that again, that's really kind of something you need to. I th- they've done everything really well and respected all of the things they've set up. Mm. So quite often in movies you'll set up a convention and then they'll kind of uh, an off one that's often as they'll set up a um found footage or or yeah. people filming the yeah. movie itself and then kind of a bit way through the movie that kind of well, I was falls thinking, away i was kind of thinking into uh, the movie that jumped straight to my head was district nine right which i really like yeah that's a great film yeah I love but that. there's kind of there's a bit of a documentary conceit yes, that's there set is. up yeah. and then it just kind of becomes Disappears. your standard issue yeah action movie yeah. it comes back at the end doesn't it but then I guess it's been a long time since I've seen it I need to rewatch yeah. it actually because I remember really enjoying yeah, it I, and I, I really want to see it that. again before I see Elysium when yeah, that comes that, out I think that was one of the first Blu-rays I bought actually because mm. I really enjoyed that yeah um Anyway, I can see you have very few notes, which is uh, yeah. usually a great sign. Well, that's partly down to the fact I did enjoy it, and also partly down to the fact it's really difficult to write notes, notes in 3D. 3D glasses. Yeah, <laughs> um, and try looking at a phone is just like not possible. Yeah, um, <laughs> it just if screws only you your could brain have up. Seen his eyes bug out when <laughs> yeah. he said that. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I think what it is is a really old school like 80s action film at the heart of it but mm. utilizing all of the modern technologies mm-hmm. in, you know digital photography 3d uh special effects and just kind of you know pulling all of the stuff that is available to everyone now but doing what a lot of people don't do now and is having a really kind of core idea at the middle of it mm. you know and uh well, I mean, that's one of the things I like about Cube is that um, that we'll get onto is the fact mm. that it's such a great core idea, mm. you know. And then it's, you know, whether the execution is good or not, yeah, is is, you know, yeah. But even I think even outside of the new to- technology, I think this is a cut above mm. an eight an eighty style action oh, movie. Yeah, anyway. yeah, it's, yeah. But it does it does have certain throwback qualities, like mm. as we yeah. said, like the the use of the violence and yeah. That kind of thing, and yeah, yeah, it would have been a taciturn, stoic lead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think of the ones that you really like, I mean, things like RoboCop is probably the best thing to compare it to. And I know it's part of the the movie maths you went to see, yeah, um, because that still holds up. Mm, Absolutely, you know. And although it gave me nightmares when I saw it when I was ten, it, you know, I can appreciate (laughs) because you were watching eighteen difficult movies at the age of ten. I think I saw RoboCop when I was (laughs) twenty-one. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I can't. You know, I, w- I would have said if it had come out then, it would have been in that league. Yeah. You know, and... and Maybe this just... would have been the, the hit that Robocop was. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, we love it. Yeah. But I found someone on Amazon who didn't. Oh, really? Yeah, this Blu-ray has 625 reviews on Amazon. Really? Yeah, yeah. which is quite amazing for a film that only came out last year. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's Because you'll thing... have classics. <clears throat> I mean, stone-cold classics that have 10, 12 reviews. I think, I don't know if I said it last week, but the bo- I mean, if the box office was as poor as it seems to have been... It was, uh, this cost 50 million and only took 36 million. But it does make you wonder it, what the home entertainment sales are like. Yeah, I couldn't find any figures Because then, Because quite often, 
it'll get to the point where they, they reach a critical mass where it's like, actually, that does warrant a sequel. Maybe. Um, well, uh, things like cancelled TV shows have got brought back through DVD sales, like Family Guy and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, f- uh, Futurama. And um, things that were perceived to be massive box office flops. I believe Waterworld eventually turned a profit because loads of people ended up buying it. Yeah, I mean, Princess Bride was another one. That was yeah. a complete flop. And yeah, a massive cult movie yeah. on home, uh, home video. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't think Dread is dead just yet, actually. No. Well, as I said, we really enjoyed Dread. Yeah. And I found, I found a dissenting voice on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the most appalling films ever made no redeeming qualities whatsoever it would appear it was made for a very specific market audience and is completely inappropriate for anyone that isn't a 12 year old boy with bloodlust and irresponsible parents avoid this like you'd avoid French kissing a leper <laughs> right wow <laughs> that's pretty harsh that is pretty harsh it's a pretty stern review um, I had to watch uh, People Trapped in a yes. smaller and indeed bigger space yes. than Peachtree's. Uh, I watched yeah. Cube. Yes. Uh, would you like to recap Cube for our, our lovely, lovely listeners? Yeah, so basically uh, it's a really low budget, I think it was like $100,000 or something like that, uh, Canadian sci-fi horror thriller. Um, um, I would go with science fiction thriller. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There are there are slight horror elements. There are a couple of nasty moments, but bit. not enough to warrant a full horror. Tale, no, I wouldn't. Perhaps. No, no. There's no slashers running around or no. anything like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and the basic premise is uh, seven people wake up in a cube, uh, or in various cubes, and discover that on every surface of the cube there is a hatch through to another cube, and they try to figure out why they're there, try and work together to figure out how they get out. And then they discover that all the cubes move. So it kind of Give just... Give away the twist, why don't you? Well, then it just kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. And it's about how they work together and why those particular people have been put together. Mm. You know, everyone's got kind of a specialist thing they bring. But anyway, what did you think of it? Um, I think I agree with everything you said last week about it. Right. It's a great core idea really good concept yeah in search of a good script good actors and a proper budget yeah i i when watching it when i first saw it i loved it and i I watched it quite a few times when i watched it again for this i did notice that they could have done with slightly higher caliber actors and there's a few moments in the script where it's a bit like and i couldn't quite i can never quite define is it the actors is it the director or is it the script and I think there are elements of each one. Yes, I think I think there are as well. Uh, overall, though, I really did enjoy it because cool. I, I like this kind of high concept sci-fi. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are there are kind of things that just let it just let it down. But it's the kind of project that nobody with the right amount of money is going to take a chance on. Exactly. That's it what needs, I really like. It about needs it. seven figures, yeah, at least, and nobody's mm. going to put that into a movie like this. No, no, that's a shame. Especially really. not with a script this mediocre yeah uh, yeah i know what you mean yeah. yeah some of the dialogue's a bit oh it's and the uh, one of my first notes is man the doctor sucks she is <laughs> yeah. he's probably the worst actor of the lot of them yeah the conspiracy theorist doctor who just yeah. starts oh god i could have done without her yeah um uh i'm gonna end up just reading reading my notes as okay. usual really i don't really know what to say um my first note is ah matted four by three Oh yeah, on yeah. the DVD. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, it's a tiny little box in the middle of the school. I had to fiddle with shitloads of settings to make it, it, it film my screen. That is interesting because uh, it just popped out, like it just 
sprint to normal on mine. Uh, lucky you. Yeah. Well, you've got a fancy telly. <laughs> right. um, I uh, I originally started trying to watch this on Netflix. Right. It's not even matted 4x3. It's or just, just four a 4x3. By, by really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't um, know what they shot it on, actually. So it might be, originally might be, if it was shot oh, on 16mm, uh, then it uh, might be 4x3. No, it was definitely shot on actual film. Oh, okay. Because uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of print noise in it. Right. A lot of... Um, Artifacts isn't the right word. That's digital. No. Uh, there's hair grain. and grain, and yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Um, the first death that mm. sets you up that these mm. cubes are um, booby trapped. Yes, is quite gruesome. It is, yeah, and then that's that. I think that's one of those moments right at the beginning where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is not going to be. It's a good, yeah, it's a good setup. It it, yeah. it, it, it tells you that anybody you're going to see next is going to have to be careful. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, I like the method of testing the rooms with the boots. Yes. So one of the guys, he's a, it turns out he's a, a guy who's escaped from a load of prisons. Yeah, Reigns. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, he takes off both his boots, ties the, the laces together to make yeah. as long a string as possible and then test the rooms by throwing one through the hatch, seeing what happens, and, and then reeling it back, it back in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is before they figure out the mathematical implications of the the numbers that yeah. denote each cube and yeah yeah because I mean basically it comes down to a gigantic maths puzzle yeah pretty really much. and I th- and that's what I kind of like about it because although I completely understand what that math puzzle becomes mm. I don't understand the equations involved and I, what I like is they don't particularly dumb down no they don't too much no, but they don't. enough so you know well I was interested to find out if the maths and theory involved actually works. Right. Uh, and according to IMDb's Goofs page, it doesn't. Oh, really? And supposedly the two maths geniuses that yeah. are working on it make it wrong. several mistakes that right. would have got them killed. Right. <laughs> Brilliant. That doesn't surprise me at all. And things like, uh, I can't remember the um, the girl's name, the student, the maths oh, student. Oh, God, hang on. Well, there's a trick to... Levin. Levin. There's a trick to all the names. They're all named after prisons. All prisons, yeah. yeah. So she's Levin, Leavenworth. Yeah, Levin um, and Worth are Leavenworth. Uh, yeah. There's Holloway, Quentin, Quentin is San Quentin. Renz. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one as well. I can't remember. I can't remember either, but yeah. No, yeah, they're all they're all named after prisons, yeah. Oh, is it is it Cavan, the, uh, oh, the savant y- who fought? Yes, Cassan, Cassan, Cavan, something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, supposedly there are things that she should have been able to figure out quite easily that if she's as advanced as she's supposed to be, but she she just doesn't. Um, uh, Which is kind of a shame because I would have loved it if it had all added up. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. This kind of, um, do you know, it also made me think of Lost and the Hatch. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, And that kind of thing. All all I really have are um, are, uh, uh, like scene-specific notes. Right. Really, the reverb-voiced montage is rubbish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I really one of the things I really did like I did, did Jesus one of the <laughs> things I really did dislike was the music right okay just I, I think it was mostly the annoying voice they put in it going oh yeah yeah it, oh. That, see that for it me really it was a bit horror it. yeah 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 like I said it, you know it's, it's a fantastic idea slightly held back by it's yeah. uh, it's kind yeah. of independent foibles the thing i think i like the most mm. is where it's towards the end where they have to cross a sound activated room yes and if they make a noise spikes shoot out of all of the walls and reach every possible point in the room yeah um yeah. and the tension of that scene i had i had to look away yeah it's so tense yeah because the problem they've got is the the kind of uh, i assume he's like massively autistic yes. guy can't necessarily control Almost, almost Tourette's like he kind of makes noises. Yeah, 
like he'll just like blurt out a sound. So well, that's how they keep... discover one of the rooms is traps because he he looks just looks down into it, just says trap, and it sets something off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he yeah. So they've got to keep him quiet and negotiate it. But to make it even more difficult, they have to come in through the ceiling. Yes, and go and out through, through one, one of the, the side sides. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that scene is really good, really yeah. clever. Um, yeah. I um. Oh, uh, the only the only other problem I kind of had was. Um, the where they find out that the rooms move. Yeah, I think that would have worked better if they had kept up the conceit of the sound on the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, cause because it does it disappears, doesn't it? There's it a rumble, a, yeah, yeah, and then, a rumble then it kind of shakes, shakes yeah. a bit, and that's how they know, or the, the, that's how they eventually figure out that the rooms are moving. Yeah, or one of the things that leads them to believe that the rooms are moving. Yeah, um, but that sound. And the the shaking kind of disappears from the film. Yeah, and I yeah. think it needed to still be there in the background of the sound design. Maybe Every it is now and, and then. I just didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's not moving all the time. They no, move and in, it seems to be in... inconsistent intervals as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not. No, I don't know either. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, I did like it and okay. would watch it again. Okay, that's I'd good. I read uh, the uh, synopsis and things of Cube Two. Right, and I am less interested in that. I think because yeah. I think that just stretches. I like some of the ideas behind it, but I yeah. think it stretches the premise too far. I think so too, because that's that's hypercube, which you get into the realms of like bizarre quantum mechanics and yeah, tesseracts yeah. and like, all yeah, sorts of stuff like, like that. The 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 rooms, uh, the traps aren't. Uh, less physical they're more based on time and dimensionality yeah uh, and some of the some of, of the some of the cubes can actually move through other cubes because they're in slightly different dimensions yes and it, it gets really a bit weird yeah and i think the that's one, take, that's stretching it a little bit yeah, too far what i might pitch you is cube zero which is effective you did mention this yeah last which week, is yeah. which i need to watch again but that that takes a completely different idea mm. to these movies well supposedly so, the uh, each of the cube um, theatrical films, right. feature films, is mm. directed by a different director. Right. The director of this one yeah. supposedly made a short that showed the outside yes. and who created it and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it. And then he decided that no one would ever see this. He didn't want people to know. And he destroyed all the footage yeah. after he completed the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is an interesting way to, to go about things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listener reviews yes. of Cube. Mm-hmm. I have two. Ooh. Thanks to Facebook. Fantastic. Richard Pierce, yep. who uh, who pitched us Undefeated oh, excellent. Uh, oh, yeah, last yeah. week, uh, says, I first watched this film when it... Start again. I first watched this film when it was on Channel 4 many years ago and loved it. It's one of the best psychological, physiological thrillers I have seen. Uh, the way that they never really answer the big question of who has done this to them leaves everyone guessing. Uh, my last point is the first bit you see. The opening credits are just amazing. They impress me every time I watch the film. Mm. I, I, I think I, I was too I, busy trying to fight my TV to get me to show the damn thing in the right shape. So. I, I do wonder if uh, Richard might be referring to the the first guy that walks into the room. And oh, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pre the pre credits. Yeah. Uh, and Trevor Flattering uh-huh. says, uh, uh, "I love it for the horrid acting, amazing set design, and creative production techniques. Astronomical." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment. I think. Yeah. Awesome. All right, we need movies to watch next week. Yes. Not only is this episode 60, uh, making it special in and of itself, it's also Tom's birthday today. Hey. So happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, he's not going to pitch me a film. I'm going to pitch him his birthday present. Awesome. Because uh, I found something that 
I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen. Right. I'm pretty sure he wants to see. Okay. Uh, that very recently got a home entertainment release in the UK. Awesome. I have it right here. Okay. There we are. Uh, we have cameras in, we should say to anybody who's listening yeah, to the, yeah, uh, yeah. the audio version. Uh, yeah. So if you go to our YouTube channel, there'll be a video up of this because I want him to open it on camera. Okay. Okay. Uh, awesome. All right. And uh, I wanted to get party poppers and streamers and stuff, but uh, <laughs> it just it wasn't happening. And this okay. ties in to something Ooh. we've done we've done oh, before. Fantastic. I have definitely not seen this. Excellent. Good. Okay, I'm gonna hold it up for the camera. Uh, that is what we're gonna be watching next week. Uh, next do you wanna week. do you wanna tell people what it is? It is The Punisher, but the Dolph Lundgren version. Yes. And not the Tom yes. Jane one. This uh, finally got a DVD and Blu-ray release on uh in the UK last month. Really? Awesome. Yes. I didn't know that actually. No. I've been keeping my eye out for ages for this movie because mm-hmm. I've I've wanted to see, ever since I saw the Tom Jane one mm. and then saw there was a Dolph Lundgren one. It was like I've, I've got to see that. Yeah. That's got to be awesome. Well, a friend of mine on Twitter tweeted about how his Punisher uh, Lundgren Blu-ray had arrived. Right. And I immediately was like, "Where did you get this from?" Right. Uh, I, I knew it was a, immediately it was birthday present material and. Uh, not only that, I figured it would be good fodder for the show. Awesome, yeah. Uh, so we're both going to watch this film, and we'll talk about it next week. Fantastic. I think. Awesome. Uh, would you like to, or shall I read the uh, the blurb on the back uh, uh, by way of a pitch? Okay, I'll, I'll read the blurb as soon as I've got it okay. right in front of me. I have a couple of extra notes, so you do the blurb, and then okay. I'll do some notes. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I, I always suck at reading things out loud, so I shall... So this will be a treat for everybody. Yeah, yeah I'll try to get this uh, in a reasonable take. Um Okay, so there's some fantastic pictures of Dolph Lundgren looking manly on a motorbike. Uh, (laughs) And next to that, it says, The avenging angel of Marvel Comics fame comes brilliantly to life in this searing action-adventure thriller. Dolph Lundgren stars uh, stars as Frank Castle, a veteran cop who loses his entire family to a mafia car bomb. Only his ex-partner, Lou Gossett Jr., believes Castle survived the blast to become The Punisher. A shadowy, invincible fighter, a uh, fighter against evil, who lives the to- uh, lives for total revenge of the mob. And oh, I screwed that last sentence. <laughs> I knew I would be there. Okay, uh, a shadowy, invincible fighter against. Oh, I can't get the phrase. It's, it's pretty poorly worded, to it be is, fair. Yeah. <laughs> a shadowy, invincible fighter against evil, who lives for total revenge on his mob enemies. Um, oh, and then in smaller writing, we have. Uh, Lashing out from a labyrinth of subterranean sewers, the Punisher leads a heavily armed raid into the world of brutal crime and savage retribution, a world where only one thing is certain, the guilty will be punished. All right. That, that is, I cannot wait to see this. Excellent. Uh, I have three awesome. additional facts about this film. Yeah. It was made in Sydney, Australia, in okay. 1989 right. yeah. for $9 million. Okay. Which is nothing for a for yeah. a comic book movie or indeed a move an action movie in general. Yeah. Um that nine million dollars yeah. gets you an on screen body count of ninety one people. Oh, okay. Not including mass deaths in explosions that could not be counted. <laughs> right, okay. Jesus. And if you see the front cover, yeah. you will note that uh Dolph Lundgren has mm. the Punisher logo on his nice leather jacket. Yeah. That is a Photoshop. Right. The uh, he does not at any point in this film wear the skull really? T-shirt or anything. No. Wow. No, absolutely not. I wonder why they didn't do that. I don't know, but there we go. the 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 skull <laughs> motif does appear, right? But uh, as far as I'm aware, but not in the uh, interesting. Not in the garment category. Uh, I wonder if they didn't. 
I think that must be like a rights issue or something like that, mustn't it? I don't it must know. be. Maybe. The other awesome. fact I have is that yeah. because he was not involved in the initial creation of the character, yeah. this is one of the very few Marvel movies that Stan Lee does not have a cameo in. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Because Punisher is not his guy. No, no. Um, awesome. So there we go. Yeah, That's we'll, fantastic. Uh, we'll both watch that. Yeah, that would be cool. And then next week we'll have lots of Punisher 1989 chat, which will yes. sit nicely against our Punisher Thomas Jane edition chat. Absolutely. That we and did back in episode 13. Really? That yes. long ago? Jesus. Yeah, okay. long time ago. We uh, we should say, if anyone's seen either of them, yes. it'll be great to get... Especially if anyone's seen both of them, actually. Yes, that would be really cool. And can help us compare. Yeah, um, yeah we'd love to get more uh, feedback on... on uh, both punishes because you know this obviously we would have covered both so yeah, yeah i'm really excited to see this actually excellent if you have seen either or both punishes or in fact anything else we've ever covered on the show really in the past 60 episodes yeah. uh you can let us know on twitter at hys podcast uh we're on facebook facebook.com slash have you seen podcast that's how richard and trevor got in contact with us yep. this week the blog is haveyouseen.net, which, as ever, needs updating because I don't have any time. No. And our email is podcast at haveyouseen.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, we've received lots of excellent pitches via email. We have, yeah. Uh, including two outstanding documentaries in The Imposter mm. and Undefeated, which yeah. come highly recommended. Yeah, absolutely. both listener pitched by email. So. Yes, yeah, no, please, please pitch more because we've had some really great ones recently. So. And I'm running out of film. <laughs> I'm resorting to Dolph Lundgren movies. <laughs> We like shares and likes on Facebook, particularly of new show posts. Uh, retweets on Twitter, again, especially of new show tweets. Uh, I've noticed more and more people are doing those things recently, yes, absolutely, uh, which yeah. is lovely. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It pushes you get our visibility little notifications up. all the time. Saying, yes. So-and-so has retweeted. Or... Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that uh, pushes our visibility up are reviews and ratings on iTunes. Yes. Uh, they are a big help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, your pitches for new films and reviews of stuff we covered are always, always welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you to all of you for listening. Yeah. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for the use of the podcast Submersible. Yeah. And no thank you to the uh, people who blundered in five minutes (laughs) into the show. Yeah. Uh, And as always, thank you to Alexi Imam for his tremendous technical expertise, web space, help, everything he does. Yeah, he's a marvel. Uh, Indeed. A punisher and a marvel. Yeah. Um, That's it. Next week uh, is punisher, punisher, punisher all the time. Awesome. And um, until then... You don't want the boot. (laughs) Which is a line from Cube. Yeah.